Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. Our broadcast today comes from our most recent MetaStrategy Digital Symposium. The topic is how data and digital capabilities are shaping the future of work. And the conversation featured Vince Campisi, the Senior Vice President of Enterprise Services and Chief Digital Officer of Raytheon Technologies, and Edward Wagoner, the Chief Information Officer of JLL. The gentleman who moderated the conversation was MetaStrategy's co-head of Executive Networks, Research, and Media, Stephen Norton, who joins me now. Stephen, welcome to the broadcast. Great to speak with you. Thanks, Peter. It's great to be here. Well, Stephen, as I mentioned, the topic is how data and digital capabilities are shaping the future of work. Certainly an interesting topic, but I'd love to hear in your own words as to why you thought it was relevant for our digital symposium. Yeah, so we talk a lot about how the pandemic drove adoption of digital capabilities and increased customer expectations to have a really frictionless experience. And as a result, a lot of CIOs and other technology leaders were getting involved in creating those customer-facing experiences, whether that's how we deposit checks at a bank or the way that we order food at a restaurant. And so for this conversation, I really wanted to get into the ways in which digital was changing internal operations and the way that it was affecting not only the way that we work internally, but also thinking about the ways that it gets applied to things like sustainability and other topics that are really top of mind for executives today. That's a great overview. Uh, and maybe now talk a bit about why Vince Campisi of Raytheon Technologies and Edward Wagoner of JLL were good representations of the topic. Sure. So Vince is the Chief Digital Officer and SVP for Enterprise Services at Raytheon. They're a $60 billion company um, that provides services and manufacturing to the aerospace and defense industries. And I've known Vince for a while. And one of the things that I really like about him and think that he's really smart on is thinking about how to apply digital to the physical world and the way you can transform that, whether it's elevators or jet engines. And so I really wanted to get his perspective in here to understand the way that they're applying things like digital twin to improve their operations and really the ways that technology can not only help grow the business, but start to really transform a lot of those employee and internal experiences as well. And for Eddie, he brought a really great real estate perspective to this. He's the CIO for digital at JLL, which is a $16 billion global real estate firm. And in his role, he's really thinking hard about what the future of real estate looks like and the ways that technology gets applied to those physical spaces going forward. And at a time when we're all experimenting with return to office in some form or fashion or thinking about really what the future of work is going to mean for us, I was really excited to get his perspective into this conversation. Thank you, Stephen. And without further ado, let's get into our conversation, how data and digital capabilities are shaping the future of work, featuring Vince Campisi of Raytheon Technologies and Edward Wagoner of JLL in conversation with MetaStrategies' Stephen Norton. And now a quick word from our sponsor, Cisco, and the company's Chief Information Officer, Jackie Gushalar. As we enter a time of hybrid work environments, Jackie wanted to take a moment to share how companies can stay ahead of this emerging trend and make informed decisions on the future of work. Jackie, over to you. Hi, this is Jackie Gushalar, SVP and CIO of Cisco. Today, we're at a unique time in history with the ability to redefine work. Work is no longer where you go, it's what you do and how you do it. And it is powered by the convergence of people, technology and places. It's permanently reshaping expectations of both employees and employers alike. To navigate this changing landscape, Cisco's Hybrid Work Index can help you make informed decisions by providing global insights on people's preferences, habits and technology use in the era of hybrid work. It's based on millions of global data points and insights to help you win the war for talent, accelerate your innovation, and enhance business safety and security. Search Cisco Hybrid Work Index to learn more. 
Thanks, Jackie. And now on to our broadcast. For our, for our last session of today, we'll talk about um, digital and data's role in enabling the future of work. Um, I think it's no surprise that the, the last couple of years have shown uh, just the impact that technology can have across every aspect of the business, from the way we collaborate, to the way we think about sustainability, to things like product design, just to name a few. Um, as we head into this next phase, there's obviously still a lot that we don't know, but it, it's a, an exciting opportunity to be able to test out a lot of new technologies um, and, and begin to see where things are going. So uh, with this session, we really want to look beyond the sort of return to office piece and, and think a lot about the CIO's role um, in enabling the future of work in all of its forms. And I'm, I'm very excited to welcome our two panelists um, to the session today. Um, first is uh, Eddie Wagner. He's the CIO for digital at JLL Technologies. JLL, as many of you probably know, $16 billion global real estate firm, uh, Fortune 250. Um, he's had more than 25 years um, at JLL. Previously, he was the global CIO for corporate solutions, as well as the America's chief information officer. And uh, in his role now, he's really thinking about the, the future of real estate technology, understanding that landscape and how we start to navigate a growing virtual world alongside our, our physical world. Um, so thank you very much, Eddie, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Indeed. Uh, our second panelist, Vince Campisi, he is the Chief Digital Officer and SVP for Enterprise Services at Raytheon Technologies, a nearly $60 billion revenue aerospace and defense conglomerate. Um, there, he oversees the digital and technology strategy and also runs several global business services geared toward reducing risk and optimizing efficiency and ultimately enabling growth. He joined after the merger uh, between Raytheon and United Technologies in 2020. Prior to that, he was the Chief Digital Officer for United Technologies. Um, I had the pleasure of getting to know Vince over the years and, and really enjoyed the perspective he brings on how you can use digital to drive innovation across a number of business units and scale. So Vince, welcome to you as well. Yeah, great to be here. Alrighty, so Eddie, I, let's start with you. So as we talked about before, uh, technology leaders tend to spend a lot of time in the world of digital and software, but as we start contemplating this, this return to the office and, and really the future of work on a larger scale, the physical world is becoming a lot more uh, prominent in the discussions. And so I'm just curious how you're seeing things evolve at JLL. How are you thinking about the evolution of that sort of hybrid physical and digital world? And where do you see the most movement now? Yeah, it's a great question, Stephen. And, and I will quote um, an executive from, from Microsoft the other day that said, uh, CIOs need to rethink physical space and design for the people who aren't physically there. And that struck me that, you know, a technology company was saying that CIOs need to think about the physical because that's not something we've always thought about. But if you think about the way that we pivoted um, to, to work from home and the technologies that we put in place to enable that, as people come back to the office, the experiences that we've learned are going to dramatically change the way people interact in that environment, but also the way they're going to interact with people that, that aren't there. So many people talked about the importance of people across the board. And I think that's where, especially in the real estate space, there's no need for real estate if we don't have our, our people. By the way, I also want to mention, we keep dropping return to office. You know, Vince here with us, he's got a huge part of his population that aren't in offices. They're in manufacturing. They may not have the ability to have the flexibility that those of us that, that work in offices have. And so we don't want to leave them out either as we rethink the spaces, as we think about the technology to deliver that experience for them too. So it's a, it's a different way of expanded thinking that a lot of us have never thought about before. 
and we really need CIOs to engage as we think about bringing technology and data in. Yes, indeed, and thank you for that. That's that's a, a good pivot um, over to you, Vince. I know that you've been thinking a lot about the, the physical footprint in all of its forms, the office, the factories, and, and things of that nature. As, as you contemplate this and, and sort of build a strategy for what's to come next, what are some of the key considerations that you have in mind and what's top of mind for you now? Well, I, I would build off of Eddie's comments on, you know, it's about having a purpose for presence, right? You know, we've had half of our workforce to his point have been coming in because they're in a factory or they're in a classified environment that they have to be in. The other half have really sort of found a way to be highly productive and welcome all the flexibility that they now get. And we're actually having the debate, and I don't think anyone has the answer for how this is going to play out. I think we're all going to figure it out together. But like we were actually debating on, hey, as we expand our return to site, what are the measures of success, right? Is it volume? Is it like how many people come back? Is it how effective was their experience? And then I think we're now in the business of us as, you know, as digital technology leaders, we're so entwined in the culture game that we now need to go figure out, well, what are these experiences that provoke people to collaborate differently, to get them back in person? And the one thing we all know is like, we're not programmed for what the, what the work is gonna look like and the nature of the work. We're now in the business of operating, you know, WeWorks for lack of a better metaphor. And we're gonna have to be very versatile and adaptable to the fact that the collaboration ecosystem is now beyond digital tools. It's now a factor of that extended ecosystem where it ranges from your home to your office and how do you keep people productive in between and, and you know, create the experiences that they get benefit out of doing things differently than they've done them before. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, that comment about just the, the role of the CIO and enabling so much of that culture is that it's such, been such an interesting shift in the last couple of years in the way that that's come to the fore. Um, Eddie, curious from your perspective, as you, as you do think about that ecosystem and all of the places where we will live and work and perhaps both at the same time, um, are there some technologies or, or solutions that are coming to the forefront in your mind that you think will really lead the way in this as we, we continue to test these, these new options out? Absolutely. And, and let's just get this out there right now. When people think about technology innovators, they haven't historically thought about my industry or me because real estate, you know, we've been lagging. We built buildings without laptops for years, like the Empire State Building. But things are changing with, with the speed. Um, if you think about what we're going to be up against, I just saw right before we went live, there's another Omicron variant, subvariant that's causing some concern. We're going to have that unpredictability as we go on. Using data and technology to understand how people are using it, um, what they need from the space is going to be critical. And in uh, today's uh, news, um, Google mentioned that they're starting to reopen their amenities. They're actually taking down more space. All we've heard about is technology companies are, are going more and more remote. So why is Google, you know, by the way, one that we made fun of years ago for all of these, you know, on-premise massages and chef prepared meals, you know, why are they, re what, what do they know that we don't know? And, and a big part of what they said in there is they're going to start using technology and data to understand what their people are looking for so that they can create the offices and spaces. And I think that's exactly what all of us need to do is start looking at the human experience and leveraging the data science around what our people are looking for, what they'll need. And so understanding that so that we can feed that back into what we need from the physical spaces, I think will be critical for all of our successes. Well, Eddie, it would be, it'd be yeah. curious to, I mean, 
you were talking about your industry not being sort of, you know, traditionally thought of as using these technologies. If we were in a room right now, I would probably poll people and say, who knows what a CAFM system is? I didn't think a lot about a computer-aided facilities management system uh, prior to the last 18 months. And now I'm realizing the importance of how we actually need to set standards around our facilities, how we actually digitize them. And to your point, because of the versatility we're need, going to need to have to see what's working and what's not. Um, and so it'd be curious and interesting to get your perspective on like what you see CIOs, you know, trying to figure this out to take a better advantage of our facilities using technology. Um, but I don't want to derail you, Stephen. I just, you know, what you were talking about, Eddie, provoked, you know, provoked something I think we're all trying to figure out. Stephen's been That's a fantastic question. To, I was going to say, Stephen's used <laughs> to trying to keep me under control in these interviews. And, and I love your question, Vince. That's exactly, you know, CAFM systems. Do CIOs even know what that is? Building management systems. We, we talked about cybersecurity earlier. A building management system is typically what your landlord controls, but what if it's hacked and brings down your operations? There's so many things where CIOs should engage. IoT, I can bring IoT in to measure how your people are using the office, but you know, should you be involved with that? Should you potentially leverage some of that information? Uh, there's new technologies like SaltMine that as we rethink the spaces, you know, instead of, of sending it out to an architect, and we're not replacing the architects, we still need them. But when you're in that meeting, when someone's presenting to you events about redesigned space, what if I could use a technology that if you said, well, you know, could we make that bigger or could we move that? What if I could do it right there where you could see it and get that visual? Those are the new technologies. And then I'll, I'll finish with this one. You know, we bought an AI company. Think about that. A real estate company bought not just the software, the whole company because we recognize that understanding how people are using it, the third-party inputs, being able to leverage all of that data that's going to be coming at us faster than ever is going to be critical using AI to help you make the decisions as your company moves at the speed of your business and customers. Those are some of the big changes, and it's why we created a venture capital fund to make investments in over 30 companies now in prop tech something we would not have done, you know, five or 10 years ago, specifically for the reasons that you just mentioned, Vince. It's fascinating to think about this whole new uh, ecosystem of embedded technologies, much of it which exists today, but just thinking about even the next months ahead as, as more of those systems start talking to each other and the insights that are available, it's gonna be amazing. Um, speaking of that, um, but switching gears just slightly, um, you all both, have a lot of experience with big investments in physical spaces, physical products, jet engines, large commercial buildings, things of that nature. And you know, increasingly, one of these things that we talk about is the digital twin and the way that that enables you to really bridge the gap between the physical and the digital. And I think it ties in a little bit to this, um, this bigger ecosystem that we're talking about. Um, Vince, could you talk to us a little bit about some of the work that you all are doing here? I know that you've done a lot on your product development side, but I believe you've got some some work with your factories as well, where digital twins coming into play. Yeah, I mean, it, it builds off of uh, the point Eddie was making, where you know all the new factories that we're building, we just made a major investment in McKinney, Texas. Uh, and normally, when we're talking about digital twin, we're trying to figure out how do you create a virtual sort of simulator for a product, an engine, or whatever it might be. We're out now actually starting to put that into when we build a factory, we actually start with a, a digital sort of simulation of what do we want to accomplish out of this factory? What are the parameters of it? 
And then we keep that so that as we're actually doing manufacturing work within it, and we want to change workflow, we want to reposition how to you know, take advantage of lean practices, or maybe even bring in other products that we're building. We actually use a digital twin of the factory to try and optimize the effectiveness of how we're using the facility. So, I mean, this is all kind of intertwining. And then, you know, it'd be interesting to kind of share how this is now untrapping people's minds as to what we can do in the physical space using technology and simulation, which, you know, we're doing quite a bit on the product side uh, to stop measuring new innovations in years and really be able to do it in, in weeks and months for some products that are generally, you know, you didn't think of MVP, minimally viable products before when you're talking about jet engines or, you know, rocket propulsion. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. With the time that we have left, I wanted to touch on that topic of sustainability and particularly the, the technology leader's role in it. Um, it's, it's really come up a lot in recent conversations with technology leaders. And it seems like there's this shift toward, you know, we set our goals, we sort of know what the, the big rocks are, but now how do we make this real from a technology perspective? Um, so Eddie, I'll, I'll turn it to you. How do you see this evolving from a, from a technology spec perspective and perhaps also too from a risk perspective, thinking as a tech leader? So this is where I'm going to make the super provocative statement. It really doesn't matter what you think about climate change and sustainability. You are going to deal with it. You're going to report on it. Your investors are going to expect it. Uh, the Gen Z uh, that you're seeking to attract are going to want to see it in your workplace. Um, and then if you look at the, the poll that we just had up, people are talking about we already have plans in place, and yet the SEC has not yet determined how you're going to do your reporting on your third-party partners. The reason I mentioned that, real estate is actually a bigger contributor to, to carbon than any other industry. Typically, you think of transportation and utilities, they get the big ding, but our built environment, the things I do, is a bigger contributor. So we're making big changes in the way that we approach sustainability. We've made major hires. We're developing technology to measure and manage it. I'll give you an example. With an IoT device right now, I can put that into a space and I can monitor, for example, water consumption. Buildings, we, we, we flush the buildings every weekend when you're not in it from a protective measure. But what if I could actually measure water usage and, 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 and you know, stop some of that? Uh, we can monitor carbon. We can put in turn tide mm -hmm. technologies example, as an example to, to change the way that we're, we're using uh, motors in the building. And so I think you're going to see a big change in space but for the CIOs that, that are listening in, as those reporting requirements evolve, you're going to need to partner. We're going to need to partner together to help you with the reporting needs and the monitoring that you need to do for your companies. For sure. Yeah, it's, a, it's changing very quickly. Um, and, and so good to, to stay on top of some of those and, and start thinking about well, what the next step is. Um, Vince, I know that you've done some, some similar work. And I, I, we were talking before about some of the lessons that, that you've taken as your organization has continued to move on the, the sustainability and ESG efforts, particularly in IT. Um, yeah. Could you reflect on some of those for us? Yeah, I, I never, you know, in the past uh, connected the dot between digital transformation and having direct sort of linkage to sustainability. You know, we're doing things like reducing our real estate footprint by 25%, and you can quickly model, you know, what do you think the implications of that are and, and how does it improve our sustainability posture? But you know, I would have never connected a cloud transformation to sustainability sort of naturally. And what I'm learning is, you know, we're going to reduce our 
data center footprint by 60%. We're going to double our use of public cloud computing. And the fact that public cloud providers are using renewable sources of energy, you actually can now calculate and demonstrate what is that doing for carbon emissions. And so, you know, I'm encouraging my team, it looks like we're all encouraging our teams on how we actually connect digital transformation to the impact that it can have on things like sustainability. And the other, you know, point I would add is I've also become much more aware to this transition that we're going through, how does that improve the situation for you know, employees with diverse abilities? And so we're now in a position where we're reimagining the role of our facilities, we're reimagining the flexibility that we can offer employees, the accommodations we can make. And now that we've leveled the playing field, where a lot of times we're all on a similar platform on how we're having these kind of internal town halls, we're able to do real-time closed captioning and other things. So there's a whole bunch of benefits that we're driving on the digital transformation front as an industry. We're generally pretty good at translating it to how does it improve the posture for our customers? How does it improve you know, our financial performance? I think there's now this opportunity to connect it to ESG in ways that we, we might not have been otherwise. And I think we're all starting to connect those dots, which I think is a really powerful and important thing to do. Stephen, it's interesting what Vince just said about the diversity aspect of that. And, and, you know, in rethinking offices, how do we help everyone feel like they belong, whether they're physically in the office or they're, they're remote? And, and I think of the example, just the simple example of, of conference rooms. Many people are, are starting to return to their offices, but that conference room you're in was designed um, without thinking about diverse people or people that aren't in the room. And so as we go back and, you know, right now I'm, I'm watching you, Stephen, and you, Vince, and I'm getting nonverbal feedback. If you're in an office together and I'm not, I don't want to lose that capability. And so how do we, that's the, that's the intersection of the digital space and the physical space that I think that we all need to engage in. That's a fantastic insight. And I think a, a good one to end on, given the, the theme really of, of a lot of these conversations, which as we mentioned earlier, people and culture and the, the technology leader's role and really enabling that in a big, big way and thinking about it, not just as digital and, and analog, but truly rethinking what these experiences can be. Um, Eddie, Vince, thank you so much for the time and for the great conversation. Uh, hope you have a great rest of your day and look forward to catching up again soon. Thank you. Likewise.